Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's Issues on American Family Radio. Today's Wednesday, January the 11th. Um, I don't, if you wait on me every day to tell you what day it is, then maybe you need to get your own calendar, you know, <laughs> to uh, get started. January the 11th, that wasn't very nice. I shouldn't have said it like that. I'm glad and, and happy to share with you, ladies and gentlemen, every Absolutely. morning what day it is so you can uh, plan your even if you have failed at the most basic <laughs> kinds of uh, practices of right. daily life in America in 2023, we will help you out. We will give you the date so you don't miss your appointments uh, this afternoon. Wednesday, January 11th. Uh, good morning, Ed. Hey, good morning, Tim. Good morning, Fred. Well, it's it, it's good to alert people about the fact that it's Wednesday the 11th because what does that make Friday? Friday uh, the 13th. That's Friday the 13th Friday this the 13th. week. 13th. Yep. What does that mean? You remember Friday the 13th? It's bad, it's, it's bad luck I, I if you believe that kind of thing. When I was a teenager. Oh, you went to, you went to the, like yeah, the slasher the movie. movie? Yeah, when I was a teenager. Yeah, I don't know if I told my parents or not. I would tend to think they would have been opposed to that. Yes, yeah, that's why I didn't tell them. Yeah. You know? I, I just could tell like, just, You never did that? I, I No, I never did. As a teenager, you I, just followed the rules completely, totally? I, well, ahead, no, 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 no. I didn't follow the rules completely, but I didn't sneak around going to movies because I, I i figured i'd get caught and i was afraid of my dad but i will say this about my daughter when she was growing up she was not allowed uh to go to those kinds of movies sl- slasher movies and she loved she loves to be scared and so when she turned 16 we told her we kind of prepped her and we said all right we're gonna let you start picking your own movies because in two years you're going to college and i want you to to learn to be responsible so you pick whatever you want to go see. First thing she did, she went with her friends to see a slasher movie. And she kept going. And then one one uh, one night she woke me up and she said, I want you to pray for me. I'm having nightmares. And I said, about what? She said, about people breaking in and stabbing the family. And I, I said, okay, let's let's try to follow through here and see – what you think God would want you to do because you are, and I just explained to her that you're filling your mind with all sure. that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, so she, she, she stopped going Good for her. Yeah. On her own, on her own. That because it was, well, it would, it would, in all seriousness, those kind of things would cause nightmares. Yeah. For a lot of people, for a lot especially of for children. All right. You're listening to today's issues. What do we got? Uh, let's see. We got Abraham Hamilton, the third, he's a scary, good lawyer. Yes, he is. He's going to be on at the bottom of the hour. That's a, We're going to talk smart to him. Guy. Uh, Steve Jordahl here next hour. Fred, uh, what's leading the news this morning? Well, just when you thought uh, that air travel in this country was getting back to normal after the Christmas chaos, mm-hmm. uh, the nation woke up this morning to an alert from the FAA that it was grounding most flights for several hours. In other words, the flights could not take off because there was a failure in what's known as the NOTAM system. 
N-O-T-A-N, stands for Notice to Air Mission. Used to be Notice to Airmen, but that was politically incorrect, so they changed it to Notice to Air Mission. And basically, that is something that pilots, before their flight, they have to tune into that uh, to find out if there are problems at the destination airport or if there is a problem between uh, their origination point and destination point. For the first time, what we're told, for the first time in history since NOTAM came into being, that system failed uh, this morning, which led to the cancellation or delay of over 5,000 flights. Now, as of 8 o'clock central, they were allowing flights to leave again. But because of those problems earlier today, you're going to have chaos all day long. Ripple effect. Because, as you're, you know, most people are well aware, a plane that leaves Atlanta at 6 o'clock in the morning is going to Phoenix. Well, it doesn't stop in Phoenix for the day. It goes on to Denver, on to Seattle, etc. So you're going to have this ripple effect all across the country today, leading likely to cancellations. The other problem is is that uh, pilots are under orders to only fly so many hours a day. So if uh, for a 6 o'clock flight in Atlanta, if that pilot had to get up at 4 in the morning, get to the airport by 5, their day is over by 1 o'clock or so. Right. So what is going to happen then? So uh, uh, as far as we know, as I say, about 5,000 flights already today, either canceled or delayed. And uh, <laughs> if you're planning to travel today, if you don't have on your cell phone a little notification from your airline saying uh, we're changing your flight, uh, you're probably going to get that, or you better call the airline if you can get through. I, I was on a flight uh, once, a, a layover in Phoenix, in fact. Um, I don't remember what the circumstances where I was coming from, where I was going, but I'm coming home. And uh, there was a delay. There was a mechanical problem with the plane, so they had to fix it. We were delayed two or three hours. And we finally got on board the plane, and we're about to – in fact, we started backing out, and then they came right back up to the uh, to the gate, and they said, we're sorry, folks, but our flight crew has just timed out. Yeah. So they had to wait for another flight, fruit, flight crew to get it. So they're very strict on those kinds of rules, mm-hmm. which means, uh, like you said, this ripple effect, when something like this happens, it takes a long time to sort it all out. Yeah. Yeah, it's very vulnerable. Uh, we have a terrific uh, system in this country. Uh, I mean, air traffic control, and uh, they do a terrific job. But when something like this goes down, it creates chaos. And any idea what caused it? My first thought when I read this this morning was some sort of cyber attack. Yeah, they don't That's, know yet. They don't know. Yes. Uh, they're they're working on all of that. But uh, it's go- it's going to take at least a day to get things back up to normal. So it's going to backlog all the flights from last night to today, and right. So it was horrifying over the. I say horrifying. That's uh, I'm exaggerating, but uh, watching the the flight chaos mm. over the holidays. Oh yeah, I mean uh, Southwest Airline just canceling thousands of flights. These people stuck in airports, and mm-hmm. and you know you say, well, why don't you just get a hotel room? Well, not if there's thousands of people wanting hotel rooms. That's right. You know, so mm-hmm. people get stranded and. So what's this called again, Fred? It went it's out. It's called the NOTAM system, N-O-T-A-M. 
notice to air mission. Gotcha. And pilots have to take that information in before they take off. They don't have that information. FAA says you can't go. Okay. Well, but that's it's back up now. They but the 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 part we they when they say we don't know what happened, that's not very reassuring. No, no. Huh? I mean, like it could happen again. You know? Oh, sure. So absolutely. I didn't even know there was such a thing. I guess pilots do. I never, I never thought about it because you know when you're when you're sitting on the tarmac and waiting to take off, the pilot would often come on and say, "Well, we're headed to sure. let's continue to talk about Phoenix. We're headed to Phoenix, and uh, here's the situation there. Here's the temperature, and yeah. uh, you know, there's some flight delays. All that I guess is coming through this no tem. I, I had no, I'm, I, I just never thought about it. Yeah, if you train as a pilot, that's one of the first things <clears throat> you have to check and. In the olden days, you, there was a board uh, in the the lounge area before you go out to get in your airplane, and there were no TAMs, and they were posted there. It was actually a piece of paper yeah. that was sent in by Telex or whatever the case may be. But today, it's computerized. You can bring it up, and when they're prepping for a flight, that's one of the things they look at, and if that system is down, they're going nowhere. Hmm. You were in the Air, Canadian Air Force. Correct. correct. Did you fly? Flew, yes, and then when I got out, I had my private pilot license. No. Yeah. I just started to get back to it a little bit in the last few months. Uh, it's uh, a lot of fun. Are you, you going up uh, You going up in the area here? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Okay, what, like in a single? Uh... Single engine. You're invited to come along sometime, Tim. Yes. Yeah, I know you have this rule. You're going nowhere with that. <laughs> no, I, I, he's converted I, me to his rule. Good. Yeah, tell tell the rule. I don't. Well, first of all, I don't feel led, Fred. <laughs> and if I'm not led of the spirit to get in the uh, airplane with you, then uh, I'm just going to have to listen to that voice. Uh, no, uh, it, uh, well, what happened was, well, <laughs> I hear the voice of JJ now. Uh-huh. Come with me into the airplane. Let us land on the highway. Um, that's another story. So one time I was in, this is 25 years ago. I was in Louisville, Kentucky. I had to speak at a church in the morning and a church at night. And uh, after the service on on Sunday morning, a um, gentleman came up to me and he said, Hey, uh, you know, appreciate you being here. And he said, uh, uh, I know you got, you know, some time this afternoon between where you have to speak tonight. He said, I'm a private pilot. And uh want to invite you to go up with me and we'll, it's a beautiful day to fly and we'll fly over the Ohio river and, you know, an hour or so and, uh, show you that, show you the area from the sky. And I said, well, um, I appreciate the invitation, but, uh, are we going up? Am I going up just with you? <laughs> and he said, yeah. And I said, I, here's where I instituted the rule. I said, I, I don't, I don't go up with just one pilot because if you, something happens to you, I, I'm dead too. Right. I mean, I may hate to be so cold about or brass, but that's the long and short of it. And I got, you know, I'm 25 years old. I got Lord willing. I got 50, 60, 70 years left. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to, I'm going to go down because <laughs> I got in a plane with one pilot who blacked out <laughs> or had some bad food at lunch. Yes. Huh? And got sick. Uh, so I didn't say it like that. I just said, yeah. no, thank you. I appreciate the invitation, but I, you know, I just don't go up with one pilot. So he, this is what he said to me. He said, well, 
interesting you should say that. He said, professionally, I'm a pilot for UPS. Oh. Uh, UPS is based out of Louisville. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, Flight operation. FedEx out of Memphis, uh, UPS out of Louisville. That's that's where they do all their um, Air transfer. Of, mm-hmm. you know, UPS. The hub. A hub, yeah. Yep. So uh, he said, uh, I'm a pilot for UPS. He said, one night, uh, this he said, a couple years ago, whenever it was, uh, me and my partner were flying back from uh, – uh, a 747, I think, or well, a big plane carrying a lot of cargo from Alaska to L.A. And he said, halfway through the flight, he said, I got a kidney stone. Oh. He said, I, I was incapacitated. Uh, so, now, I don't remember whether he said there was only one other pilot or were there two. I don't. Be at it, least one other. Okay, yes, have to have two, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't know. But anyway, his point was. That he couldn't fly. Now, I don't know if, if it had been life and death and he would have been by himself. Maybe he could have fought through the pain. And I've never had a kidney stone, but for those who do have a kidney stone attack, mm. I know I remember when Alice and my wife had one, she had to pull over and get out of the car and lay down on the kid because you, couldn't, you can't concentrate. Right. Uh, the pain is so intense uh, oftentimes for people who, who have kidney stones. But anyway, I said <laughs> – Thank you, sir, for yes. making my point. And you, you know? also, you say, you don't go up on a plane if it's got one pilot and one engine. One, Yes, no. And, and I adopted, as <laughs> yeah. my kids called me Captain Safety growing up, when they were growing yes. up, and I thought, you know what? Captain Safety says amen to that rule. <laughs> not going up with one pilot, not going up with one engine. Yeah. <laughs> but Fred does both, don't you, Fred? Yeah, and uh, I, I guess I, I trust the mechanics with airplanes. They are, you don't know. Yeah, you do that. Yeah. <laughs> but well, all, listen, honestly. Hey, you can you can have a wreck going down the road this afternoon. I know that, but you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but, but with this, you know, with a Cessna or a Piper, you know, they're, you can land in a, in a cornfield and you'll do just fine if you lose the engine. Jet well, engine. Uh, when it's jets that I flew, you had uh, you could punch out. You have yeah. an ejection seat. And they train you well in that. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, JJ Jasper is a pilot like you, uh-huh. a small plane pilot, mm-hmm. and uh, his something happened to his engine, or I don't know what happened uh, exactly, but his he had to land uh, his plane on a Sunday afternoon, a joyride. He had to land his plane on. Uh, four lane highway. Yeah, you remember that? Oh yeah. And the people who were driving on it, they remember it. <laughs> but they remember that Sunday afternoon. Yeah, he wanted to go well, out. He didn't miss the bridge. You know, drive. Uh, he didn't miss the bridge by much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Thank God he survived and everything. But that was. I remember when he, uh, we had to go out there meeting. You know, uh, so. Anyway, all right, uh, moving right along. I don't know how we got on that rabbit trail. This, the FAA, the system outage. Yeah. Yes. Doesn't take much. It doesn't. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Uh, President Joe Biden uh, finally speaking uh, about the uh, discovery of classified documents in an office that uh, he had after he was vice president. Uh, these documents were discovered, as we reported yesterday, and 
November 2nd, last fall. Classified. Just six days before the election, but we weren't told about it then. We just found out about it this week. Anyway, he was approached by reporters. He's been out in Mexico at a meeting down there with the Mexican head of government and Mr. Trudeau of Canada. So he was asked about it yesterday, uh, about you know his reaction to these classified documents found in this think tank that he headed. This is what he had to say, cut one. I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But I don't know what's in the documents. I've, my lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. I've turned over the boxes. They've turned over the boxes to the archives. And we're cooperating fully, cooperating fully with the review, and which I hope will be finished soon. Yeah, kind of like uh, the Sergeant Schultz uh, character yes. in Hogan's, Hogan's Heroes. Heroes. I know nothing. I know, I know nothing. And my lawyer said, don't ask the questions. Yeah, he, he uh, right after that, uh, blamed former President Donald Trump oh, yeah. for the records appearing in his, <laughs> because everything's Donald Trump's fault. Right. So Trump snuck up to Washington and put those in there in November, right? Yeah. Mm. And then tipped off some custodian who went in there. Yeah, and uh, found them. Found them. So if you, you know what? Blame Trump for everything. You might yeah, as well this is, continue it. I'm very disappointed in President Trump, uh, President uh, Biden. Um, I, I didn't think he would do something like this. Um, <laughs> it's no, it's a threat to our democracy, a, Tim. <laughs> yes, and 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 as President Trump tweeted, uh, our our social, whatever whatever it's truth, uh, truth social, truth social. You know, uh, you gotta. We, we, when, when can we expect FBI raids of uh, homes in Delaware? That's a good point. And the beach home mm. and search through all their rooms. Yes. And take Jill's clothing. You uh, know what? I've, I Just kind of joking around, but yeah. I forgot that's what they pulled. That's yeah, in Mar-a-Lago. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Yep. Oh, yeah. Now, in all seriousness, um, uh, this is, I know that the left-wing media keeps saying this is a false equivalency between what happened to Trump at Mar-a-Lago and this situation. And I would just say, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. It's, 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 uh, classified information that, uh, Biden took. It, I, I'm, I'm, here's what I'm saying. If we're, we're going to apply the same standards. Mm-hmm. Okay. They say Trump took this from the white house, classified information, put it in he had it in uh, one of their spare bedrooms in boxes. All right? Mm-hmm. So the FBI went to retrieve it. Biden took boxes of classified inf- some classified information, put them in a room in a, in, a, in a building that he rented out or whatever in uh, Washington, Washington D.C., mm-hmm. and it had them there for, what, three or four years mm-hmm. or something like that? Mm-hmm. Just think of all the people. That could have gone in that room <laughs> and gone through those files and found out classified top secret information and harmed our country. I'm, right. That's why I'm very disappointed in Biden for uh, subjecting our nation to a, to a threat to end our democracy. Uh, like President Trump, uh, you know, he was accused of, of doing. Uh, as I mentioned yesterday, personally, I don't think. President Trump knew what was in those boxes exactly, and I don't think Biden knew what was in those right. boxes. Somebody took them out, put them in the truck, moved them, and moved them in, and probably, probably hadn't even been touched since. Right. Now, 
if they're cla- Gary Bauer, I was reading him yesterday about this, and he said that things are uh, uh, overclassified in Washington. All everything, you know what I'm saying? So, who knows? But th- I think this kills the effort to go after Trump uh, by uh, uh, Merrick Garland, the A A G Merrick. Merrick Garland. Uh, over 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 the uh, classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. I just think because if you're going to charge the former president, talking about former president Trump with anything connected with those right, boxes, right. then Trump's lawyers are going to go, now, wait a second. Okay. The same right, thing right, happened right. and, and probably happens all the time yeah. when, when you lose and you don't expect to lose, uh, an election, uh, again, folks, please. We're just talking about, I don't want to talk about the 2020 election. Right. I'm just saying, you don't. You're packing stuff up and not paying attention. You've got to get out in a. Well, you have other people doing it for you. Too. Yes, you know, and who's and, going and through this all is this? Going to happen. Yeah, I mean, um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But but Biden says he didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. He's cooperating fully. What he says, of course, they always say this. That's standard. Mm-hmm. And I, listen, I believe him. Yeah, I believe Biden. I also believe Donald Trump. Right. I don't, I don't know what was in it. Right. Right. Well, connected to this story, I I don't think before this story broke, anybody had heard of this foreign policy think tank that Biden set up in, in 2017. It was called the Penn Biden Center, Penn standing for the University of Pennsylvania. Is that where one of the places Biden went to school and got top of his class and there, there are reports. We could ask them about that. Yeah, won all the debate club uh, yes. matches. and But they, they paid people there who were part of this uh, think tank, good salaries, um, part of the— uh, Biden's or, think tank here? That, this is, is it defunct now? It's uh, Yes, I think— Jen, Jenny Ellis said she was surprised that somebody that Biden would have, quote, a think tank, end quote. <laughs> I didn't say that. Jenna said that. Yes, perhaps <laughs> so others I, did the thinking. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why they were paid so much. Pretty yeah. scary in, yeah. in that think tank. But also, we understand, it's very interesting, after Biden became president, he appointed the former president of the university, Amy Gutman, and David Cohen, the former chairman. They got ambassadorships. But here's something interesting. During the period that that think tank was uh, in place, this Penn, University of Pennsylvania, Biden think tank, the University of Pennsylvania received over $22 million in gifts from Chinese donors. Hmm. That doesn't look good. Hmm. I think that should be investigated. Yeah. Well, it's not going to be investigated by the Department of Justice. It may be investigated by a House committee or subcommittee. Yeah, why would the uh, when you see Chinese donors? By the way, folks, it's Chinese government. Yeah, it's yeah, not it's, millionaires yeah, it's in same. China. Hey, back back to the back to the Biden having the classified documents in, at this building in D.C. that he uh, used for his uh, quote think tank end quote. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how they if they were discovered in uh, late October, early November, November second. Why are we just now learning about this? Hmm. Who who held the information past election day, and now and now past? Uh, oh, Tim, that's <laughs> that, that kind of conspiracy nonsense. 
We get you banned from social media. It's brought down our political discourse. (laughs) Am I a threat to democracy now because I asked that question? No. The the system is broken. The media doesn't do its job by and large. The federal government's been weaponized. And that I'm I'm shocked it's come out at all. Me too, at all. Me, uh, but but I think Biden, you know they 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 held this uh, information, the public announcement about it, to after the election. Right. Yep. They didn't want them to hurt it. Didn't yes. want them to hurt the Democrats. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. When you hear this. This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association, and you hear me on American Family Radio. Hey, if you're looking for a vacation with a purpose, maybe 2023 is your year to join us for one of our spiritual heritage tours. We're going to be going to our nation's capital in June and September and seeing all the sites that you're familiar with, the Lincoln Memorial, the Jefferson Memorial, the United States Capitol, And on and on the list goes. We're going to be going to Washington, D.C. in June and September. In September, we're also going to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. So a lot of history there that we're going to see and experience. Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation is our historian who will be joining us all along the way. For the dates, the cost, and all the information, go to spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. The conservative movement was dealt a big blow Monday night. Lynette Hardaway, one half of the Diamond and Silk powerhouse, passed away. She was 51. Her sister, Rochelle Robinson, was by her side. Diamond and Silk were dear friends of mine, regulars on my national talk show. The sisters lived in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and our political conversations quickly morphed into table talk about finding good southern food north of the Mason-Dixon line. One of my favorite Diamond memories happened at the David Burke Steakhouse inside Trump International Hotel. I was treating my staff to dinner after CPAC and heard a loud commotion coming my way. It was Diamond and Silk. And soon, belly laughs echoed across the cavernous lobby as we counted our good fortune to eat at a fancy steakhouse. And we all agreed it's really not a great restaurant unless there's fried chicken, mac and cheese, and cornbread on the menu. I'm going to miss Lynette, and the nation's going to miss Diamond. In the words of Silk, mm-hmm, I'm Todd Starnes. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands. 2 Corinthians 
American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Today's Issues is the name of this program. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Battagliano and Fred Jackson, and we thank you for listening to AFR. Uh, By the way, you can uh, watch this show on Facebook. Uh, Just type in Today's Issues, and we also post the stories that we talk about there on our Facebook page. So you can have access to the, the information that we use to talk about issues. And then also uh, we have our own video streaming service that you can use and watch the show and, and multiple of our AFR shows if you want to. Streaming.afa.net. Streaming.afa.net. <clears throat> and... You know, uh, once this show's over, we put it up on podcast, and uh, all of our AFR shows are on podcast. And so all you need to do, podcast, for those who don't know what that means, you just simply go online, go to our website, and you can hear shows that have aired previously. Just click on there, and uh, you can... uh, so. Podcast, just go to AFR.net, AFR.net, podcast word is at the top of the page. Just click on there and boom, they're all our shows. And you can listen to any of them that you want to, uh, previous shows. There you go. So you're listening to today's issues live right now. Uh, joining us uh, as he does most Wednesdays is our colleague and good friend Abraham Hamilton III, who is the general counsel here for us at AFA, and he's also um, – heard each afternoon on the uh, Hamilton Corner uh, from 5 to 6 o'clock Central Time, uh, a, a program here on American Family Radio. Uh, good morning, Abe. Good morning. Uh, Abe, uh, the new Congress has just started, <clears throat> and we wanted to ask you, uh, what is your view of, of the top two or three things that the new Congress uh, with a Republican majority can do, which will be helpful to our country, to our to our government? <laughs> you probably won't be surprised to know that I have more than two or three suggest- suggestions, but <clears throat> I'll try to make it as brief as possible. Um, these are in no uh, particular order. Uh, but the first thing I think that would be beneficial for the American people is to reintroduce the populace to the notion of the benefits of divided government. You know, this idea that the government needs to do everything, respond to everything actually undermines our constitutional Republican form of government as guaranteed by the constitution. We have our separation of powers. It is actually good when the government is not trying to do everything. That's not a bad thing. This notion that we need to have government responding to everything in a, in a kind of centralized end all be all of, address all of our problems is is actually kind of marxist <laughs> so kind of what having kind of marxist <clears throat> in the sense that our founders intentionally created a government where the the most impactful on the domestic affairs of our nation from the federal standpoint is the congress and it, it requires 536 people to participate for a reason it's not meant to be a rapid responder to every issue that comes up that's by design so that's not necessarily a bad thing but that doesn't require them to do anything instead uh, as well 
in his in I'm sorry. It doesn't require them to do anything as much as it would require them to explain why having divided government isn't bad. But aside from that, I think one of the most most important things uh would be it actually is highlighted by this speaker house, this speaker fight, is restore budgetary sanity. The House has the wherewithal to refuse to go along with this consistent uh, implementation of omnibus bills over and over and over and over and over. Having a new Congress, though now you can't do anything until the fall, uh, <clears throat> the fall will be a good time to say we need to stop this omnibus bill situation. The next thing I think it will be very important for the Republican majority in the House to do is there's a lot of general discussion about brokenness in Congress. The Congress is broken. The Congress is broke broken. I think the GOP majority should highlight specifically what's wrong in Congress. Like the speaker fight revealed that you actually have a tug of war over whether or not the house should abide by a rule that requires the the members to have a bill 72 hours before you vote on it. I mean, that's pretty important. And even restoring to the, to the house, the ability to offer amendments to bills on the floor. That's pretty important. So that's some of the specific things like that that can be pointed out to the American people can understand not just a general idea of Congress being broken, but with with great specificity. And then and this is the last one I'll say for now, formalize national attention on the corruption. And I know there have been promises to do some of these things, but the American people need to be made aware of the details of the, for example, weaponization of the Department of Justice. We need to have some specifics on this because. Some of the American people know about these things. People who listen to AFR know about these things. But you have lots of other Americans who have no clue about it. We need to have these these investigations, like Representative Comer and others, Comer and others are talking about. When and and, and Fred actually pointed it out. Hmm, it's very curious that while uh, Biden is governing this think tank in the connection to the University of Pennsylvania, twenty two million dollars from right. the Chinese government. Right. At the exact same time, we have <clears throat> some source of evidence indicating. That the big guys being paid by the Chinese government, many of the American people don't know this. And there were studies shown after the 2020 elections that had even Democrat voters who voted for Biden known about Hunter's laptop. They wouldn't have voted for him. Well, I think some of those people would be interested in finding out some of this information. And so the House has the authority to conduct these investigations. They need to do them and do them as thoroughly as they possibly can. You know, uh, Abe. There's no doubt. I think the American people understand that Washington, D.C. is broken. Uh, I think the, one of the ways we know that is that all the polls show approval ratings for Congress just way down in in under, you know, sometimes in the 20 percent percentile, even lower. Uh, but it's it's broken in so many ways. We were talking during the break about the, the, the corrupt practices on the part of both parties in terms of their ties to K Street and becoming lobbyists when they get out of Congress and they stay in D.C. for their entire adult lives rather than serving the American people as our founders uh, envisioned and then going back home and doing what they were doing before. But one of the things that bothers me the most, and I I think we may wind up talking about this, uh, I don't know if Fred has the story or Steve Jordahl, but uh, this latest... uh, salvo on the part of the greenies the environmentalists in congress talking about the consumer product safety commission banning gas stoves <laughs> gas ovens uh mm-hmm. so we don't necessarily have to talk about that issue because i think we may have that as i said uh with fred but the power of these alphabet soup kind of agencies 
to dictate to the American people how they can live their lives on the most basic levels. You know, telling people if you're building a new house, no gas stove for you. It's like the uh, soup Nazi on Seinfeld. I mean, I, I don't know how you rein that part of the swamp in. Well, well, one of the things that has to happen is that these executive agencies are confiscating congressional power. And so with the Republican majority in the House of Representatives, they can articulate resolutions. They can pass measures. They can even present uh, legislation uh, that returns that power to Congress. Like, for example, a lot of attorneys are eager to see the Chevron doctrine overturned at the Supreme Court. What Chevron basically says is that actions taken by executive agencies are presumed constitutionally by and large. That's a, a summarization and a paraphrasing of the Chevron doctrine. Well, the only reason why the Supreme Court got to that place is because Congress has routinely passed legislation previously, but left kind of the blanks to be filled in by these agencies. So the, the GOP majority can retrench some of that authority back and say, hey, no, uh, EPA, you don't have the authority to do that. You can instruct these these uh, this Consumer Protection Bureau to define the parameters of their of their operation and not to step into the realm where Congress alone is supposed to act. You know, these executive agencies have run amok, but they have run amok with congressional approval tacitly uh, and, and without asserting their authority. And so the GOP majority can highlight some of these abuses and say, you know what? You've exceeded <clears throat> the scope of your authority. I mean, think about the CDC giving instructions for rent, rent pr- procurement. You know, what do you have the wherewithal, the authority to say whether or not Private homeowners, landowners can actually uh, collect rent for their property. That was during COVID. <clears throat> Listen. Yeah, during yes, COVID. Your voice is raising, rising uh, steadily. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey, yes. Huh? Uh, yes. Because it's really. We, please bring it back down. And, Tim, Tim's become very sensitive to <laughs> I wanna, that. He, I want us to be as NPR monotone as we can. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like a little passion. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> I want to. Uh, one thing. In the general big picture here, people might say, well, why does it matter whether the Republicans or the Democrats control the House, for example? Um, I think part of the fight by the 20-plus members of the House Freedom Caucus, and I don't know if they were all members, but is to keep the Republican Party honest, too. Mm-hmm. And to keep them from becoming uh, altogether sucked in by the swamp themselves. Now, I know I'm talking maybe, again, I'm talking broadly and generally here. But what you got to watch out for <clears throat> is in D.C., and I've seen, we, I've, we've all seen it, it. Hey, good men and good women can be over time sucked into uh, the Washington process, even though when they went to D.C. in the first place, they had good ideals and good convictions, and they and when they were, ran for office for the – I've seen this happen to a lot of people. Maybe not a lot, but I've seen it happen to 10 or so uh, where they changed. They just became part of the – you know, just became another cog in the wheel. They voted right most of the time, but they had lost their zeal for – in other words, uh, financial uh, responsibility in the right. federal government, like Abe had mentioned earlier. 
So I think what some of the, what these uh, 20 or so were fighting for were reforms that had gone out the window with Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats primarily that would bring more accountability to the federal government, which is a good thing for everybody. If you're a freedom-loving person, Democrat or Republican or independent, I don't care. If you, I'm telling you, if you let the Democrats start controlling every lever of government, Republicans aren't always innocent, don't get me wrong, but the Democrat Party, today's Democrat Party, not the JFK Democrat Party, not even the Jimmy Carter Democrat Party, or the Bill Clinton Democrat Party, or some would argue not even the Barack Obama Democrat Party, but the Democrat Party of today, they are they are hardcore, radical, well, hardcore. A lot of them are hardcore, radical lefties, right. and they believe in centralizing power. A mentioned Marxism. Right. That's what Marxism, you and I were talking about this yesterday. They believe in centralizing a, a power in Washington, D.C., they believe in a very authoritative government that basically dictates such things as gas stoves right. to the American right. people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> they believe in using things like COVID rules to clamp down on freedom, tell you you can't go to church. Mm-hmm. Right. In the name of uh, whatever it is that the federal government says is in the best interest of you and the American public. Can't collect rent. Uh-huh. That's why they're going to – they want to go after gun rights. Yep. They do. They, they want to go after gun rights despite – most of the Democrats want gun control to the extent <clears throat> that all you got left is a water pistol. Yeah. Okay. In the name of safety and, and whatever, if a tragedy happens today at some school, tomorrow or anywhere, they're going to say, well, that's because of the guns. They don't ever want to say, no, it's the person using the guns. That's the problem. Right. We're not punishing them. We're not keeping them in prison. Anyway, I, uh, the, the, uh, that's why the Democrats want to continue to fund all these big federal agencies. And give them more and more authority, more and more power. Abe mentioned the CDC <laughs> having something to do with rental property. Yeah, you know. Uh, and so, and 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 don't uh, what these folks do to they look for you know Rob Emanuel. Don't let a crisis go to waste. Right. Mm-hmm. The former chief aide for Obama. Uh, they're all these people. By these people, I mean much of the Democrats, the liberals, the progressives. They're always looking for a, uh, a reason to give why they want to control basically every aspect of our lives. Yeah. Timmy, and, you, you, go ahead. You're absolutely right. And the House of Representatives just this week did one measure that can be employed to rein in all of these executive agencies. They passed a bill in the House to retrench the funding of the newly so-called minted 87,000 IRS agents that were allocated $80 billion in the misnamed uh, Inflation Reduction Act, the GOP-led House of Representatives passed a bill to turn back $71 billion of that money. They can do that with each of these executive agencies. You won't have agencies uh, overstepping their constitutional authority if they don't have the funding to do so. And guess what constitutionally mandated branch of the federal government has the sole power of the federal purse? Uh, the House of Representatives. Also, Yes. Also related to that, Abe, is is when Nancy Pelosi and the Demo- when she was over the House of Representatives and she ruled like a lord, uh, like an old English lord over the White House, I mean over the House of Representatives, 
The, she did not let any scandals come to light to the point of being investigated. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, it was a very smart move politically on her part. She just buried it. She wouldn't, mm-hmm. let, she wouldn't let Eric Stilwell be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So anything that came up, uh, she wouldn't, when Elar, uh, what's her name? The Omar. Muslim? Mm-hmm. Huh? When she would say her anti-Semitic things, and remember about 9-11, she said uh, some people did some, some people things. Did some yeah. things. Remember that? Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. Nancy Pelosi protected her. Nancy Pelosi didn't like her saying stuff like that. Right. But she would protect her own party from having it more broadly talked about in the media and in the public. And the media, too, covers for the Democrats to a large extent. Yeah. Now, but with the Republicans now in charge, albeit a small minor- a majority, and they have committee chairmanships, and they can set the agenda on what's investigated, this will raise the profile of the sleaze. And it, it, it by necessity has to. You can't ignore the media can't altogether ignore it like they could when Nancy Pelosi would suppress investigations. These are going to be pretty high profile. They're going to be on uh, all you know CNN, uh, not CNN, C-SPAN. I mean, it's going to be out there. These investigations of of Jim Jordan and others I mean, by Jim Jordan and others. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say it yes. does because I spent a lot of time right there, like three or four minutes trying to make sense. <laughs> it makes say sense. It didn't. Okay. All right, Abraham Hamilton the third brother. Uh, thank you for being on with us. And what are you going to do? What are you going to talk about on your show this afternoon? I haven't narrowed it down just yet. I have a couple different stories I'm considering, but you know it's a, it's a lot to get into one hour. So I haven't narrowed it down yet, but I will before we get on the air this evening. Okay, and the Hamilton family's doing good after the Everybody's holidays. Everybody's doing well, thankfully. Yes, they were sick for a while. Everybody got sick but me. <laughs> Interestingly enough, but everybody's healthy now. Well, why is so that? Why is that, that interesting? Uh, what, what, what point are you making? Uh, that I have the immune system hey, by, that repudiates. By the way, regressive woke liberalism. By the way, I, my <laughs> wife. Somebody sent my wife this story last night. Abe, you're a you're a, a native of New Orleans, right? I am. Grew up there. Yes. <laughs> it was a story. It's not funny, but it is funny because I don't think anybody was hurt. But this poor fella was just uh, trying to uh, take some gumbo to a friend of his, and he was carjacked. Oh, and uh, But uh, he's in a suit and tie. He, like, goes after the carjackers by trying to <laughs> dry, trying to uh, go through the sunroof. I'm just saying, oh, you don't wow. mess with a New Orleans man in his gumbo. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. What, you mean he was trying to get his car Look, back because of the gumbo? Uh, or just yeah, trying to get his- I'll show it to you. But anyway... It's a Christmas Day carjacking. <laughs> oh, isn't that nice? Christmas Day. Wow. Carjacking. Listen, things just let, are them, bad. let them have the car, man. I know. Things are getting bad. Well, this guy, I think they wanted the car and the gumbo. Oh. <laughs> his gumbo. And he did, he was going to let them have the car. But you take a man's gumbo. Now, I'll just say, New Orleans gumbo, you, you're you're up in the ante yeah. Yeah. in terms of what you're going <laughs> to defend. All right. Hey, thanks, brother. Appreciate right, it. Guys. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I'll send it to you story well i'll send it to brent and he put it up on our facebook page um all right next next story well i got a bit of an update on a story we've been talking about this morning and that is um the 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 headline over the last 24 hours is that the government thinking about banning gas stoves yeah i mentioned that to to abe yeah richard trumka jr is an agency commissioner 
of the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Yeah. He's a commissioner of the what now? Of the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Okay. All right. So he he raised uh, some uh, deep concerns when he said that gas stove usage is a hidden hazard. Mm -hmm. And he said any option is on the table. Products that can't be safe, uh, made safe, can be banned. All right. So this morning, the chair of that commission uh, is Alexander Hohen Surik. Uh, put out a statement this morning. He said, but to be clear, I am not looking to ban gas stoves and the CPSC, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, has no proceeding to do so. So, yeah, this set off a storm yesterday afternoon when this first came out. It just set off a storm, a controversy. People imagined, okay, the government's going to come into my house and take my gas stove away. I heard a guy who, re- who runs a restaurant this morning. He was interviewed actually on Tucker Carlson last night. He said restaurants can't operate with electric stoves. You have to have gas stoves right. because of the heat of generation. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows this. <laughs> what? Where, 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 where did this? Where, where, who's trying to implement this? This, this idea? This well, the what happened was the uh, commissioner of the Consumer Product Safety Commission, okay. Richard Trumpka Jr., okay. made these statements public that uh, gas stoves are a hazard and any options right. on the table, products can be made safe, can be banned. What an idiot. All right. So <laughs> the, the yeah. chair of the commission is trying to clean up a mess. Gotcha. However, I heard someone else kind of comment on this this morning. Okay, even if they take Back this statement about banning gas stoves. Uh-huh. So we're not going to take your gas stove away. What they can do is for any new gas stoves being made, they can raise the standards. Change the standards. I'll put it that way. Right. They can change the standards. Whether, so that, whether so, unaffordable or something like that. Exactly. Where if you got to replace your gas stove, you got to buy this gas stove here. Right. Hey, li- listen. First of all, my understanding, and this, and this is, uh, I, I'm just starting to read about this because this just this just happened yes. with the with the uh, Consumer Product Safety Commission. But, but, but from what the reading I'm doing, yes, it is true that nat the gas stoves that use natural gas, and uh, those are in about 40 percent of homes in the U.S. They do emit uh, air pollutants such as nitrous oxide, carbon monoxide, so on and so forth. My understanding is, though, that if you if you unless you have something like asthma, it's 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 not really a greater risk of any kind of problems developing. But the problems that would come from this kind of dictate and Mm -hmm. it is a dictate Mm -hmm. by an increasingly tyrannical federal government. But if they were to say all new homes and all replacements, you got to get rid of your gas stove. Listen, it's not – you don't just swap out. You don't just take out a gas stove and put an electric stove. You have to run power to that. Y- your house has to be rewired to some sense because everyone has – you know, the little box that everyone has, you know, with the breakers, that you have to run a line into that. You're talking about thousands of dollars being uh, – f- thousands of dollars worth of expenditures being foisted on – Americans having to make those kinds of changes. But what next? If they were to ban gas stoves, 
What about gas fireplaces? That's that's what everyone's asking. What about gas heat? Gas, yeah, gas heat, gas fireplaces. Now, is it was this just one fella who spoke out of line? That's and now and now all his colleagues are saying, no, we're not. We're not trying to do what he said we're trying to do. This the chair of the commission is out with this statement this morning. I, I personally the think they're running it up the flagpole to see who salutes. Yes, because that's the way these uh, that's a good point. organizations. Yes. That's why they walk these things. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna what get about, what is this, what happens to buddy burners if this is, goes to forward. what will they come after buddy burners next? What's a buddy burner? Am I the only one? I, I I'm opposed to burning. You, Brent, you don't know what a buddy burner is? Going to burn bunnies? Fred, do you? Good grief! There's buddy small B U D D Y burner. I know. Oh, you thought I said bunny burner? I was just kidding. <laughs> oh my bad. Your voice went I up usually like get a your humor. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 but I don't know what a buddy uh, a buddy, buddy burner, burner is. What is that? It's one of those you know, like a Boy Scout uses or somebody. You know, the, you take it out in a camping trip. Little but little little cooker gas. Oh, I like guess a Coleman, like a Coleman. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. A little buddy burner. That's what we called them. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But that's outside. That's outside. So I, I'm I'm guessing they're not going to come after that. They're not going to come after that. They're, but they might come after the Bunsen burners. Well, the Bunsen burners. Hey, did I get that confused? Is that what they were always called, and now I'm calling them buddy burners? That, is it, is it, what did you call them? Uh, no, a Bunsen burner Bunsen is something burner. that you Chemistry have, class. Chemistry class. Oh, no. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, yeah, that's good. So we in chemistry yep. classes. I had my chemistry teacher in high school with I'd, Mr. Bernier, <laughs> and we called him Bunsen Bernier. <laughs> well, not to his face, we didn't. <laughs> did you pass the course? <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I, when we come back, I'll tell you a little story about what I did to Mr. Bun, Mr. Bunsen. All right. I you? remember. He can't do anything to you today. Can no, he? he can't. I passed. <laughs> I got a B in his class. All right. We will return. Thank you, Fred. You're welcome. Steve. Oh, you're going to miss the story. Yeah. Well, Steve Paisley oh. Jordahl will be with us in uh, five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.